Today on the Daily Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group, protecting lives and livelihoods with technology and the cloud journey that's protecting the environment. It's Wednesday, August 24th, 2022. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast. Every afternoon, you'll learn what's going on today in government. I'm the host of the Daily Scoop podcast, Francis Rose. Voting's open now for the 2022 edition of the FedScoop 50. You can vote for your choices till September 30th. We'll announce the winners November 3rd. You can find a link to see the finalists and place your votes in today's show notes at thedailyscooppodcast.com. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration is celebrating its 11th year in the cloud. Its chief information officer says the agency still has room to move to the cloud, though. Zach Goldstein is the CIO at NOAA. He tells FedScoop's Dave Nitschapier, CIO's main job is supporting the mission of the agency. The mission that depends on IT and NOAA, utterly depends on IT and NOAA, is about protecting lives and livelihoods. And... Uh, and that that's weather forecasting, that's safe navigation, that's fisheries law enforcement, fisheries management, uh, it's climate projection. Uh, all of those things are absolutely critical to uh, our way of life and being alive as Americans. And none of those are possible without IT in some form. So the first priority is to continue to up our game in cybersecurity with the new push from the White House uh, for zero trust. We have an executive order on it. Uh, the, the, the requirements are getting more strict uh, and that's a good thing. So for example, uh, two-factor authentication where something is not just your password and, and name, it's also something you have and, and, and know as a second factor uh, has been required for, for many years. Uh, the absence of it has led to some breaches and agencies, not mine, <laughs> that I won't mention. Um, but with the new executive order, they're looking for multi-factor authentication, uh, not just at the network, but also uh, as you get closer to applications and devices, pushing it further, more defense in depth. Um, there's a, uh, there's a, we want to up our game in uh, supply chain risk management something that we've been doing for quite some time in NOAA. Now it's getting a lot of uh, national attention, again, with executive orders and zero trust. And my uh, uh, my expectation is that we'll be doing uh, it not only on things we normally would build and, and buy over long term, but also we're going to be doing some more and more supply chain risk assessment on software as a service, which is the flip side of my second objective, which is to expand our use of the cloud. So um, as we expand our use of the cloud, we have to also up our game in cyber because that's one of the things that people sometimes get wrong. They think that I go to the cloud, it's all taken care of for me. And if it's in writing and you verify it and you look at the results of assessments, that's actually true, but there's always a lot of work on the the uh, CIO side, on the user side, to make sure that when you move to the cloud, you do it in a smart way and you actually do improve your cybersecurity posture. So uh, our moves to the cloud will be generating more work in supply chain risk assessment. Uh, I see us going deeper in those assessments, not just the firm that you're dealing with, but what they buy and, and what they're using as services. Uh, but the second priority that we're doing now and, and pushing forward, as I said, is moving to the cloud. 
And uh, that helps with the first priority because it means those things that you have to do in cyber, you can focus on because they're yours. Uh, but more importantly, uh, it advances the mission. And what do I mean by that? So I've already mentioned how IT dependent NOAA's mission is. You, you don't have a fork. We have some really great forecasters who are humans who add lots of value to the modeling that we do. But you can't do the modeling without computers. You can't command control a satellite without computers. So IT is very important. But the cloud allows us to unburden the IT professionals in NOAA who are focused on how do I improve the accuracy of that model? How do I make it run faster so that it's still a forecast and not what could have been cast? How do I, how do I improve uh, the mission and reduce the time it takes for a good idea to manifest itself as something that we offer to the American people? Right now, people, the, those IT professionals are not only worried about what I just described, they're also worried about managing the box under their desk, they're worried about patching and scanning uh, the, uh, some domain controller, but all these things that could be done by a third party and don't require the expertise of how to improve a forecast model, for example, are taking up their time. And the more things we can move to the cloud, either software as a service, infrastructure as a service, platform as a service, the more time is left for speeding up the cycle of the great ideas our scientists have into applications that the American people depend upon. Uh, so I want to dr drill down into those two different aspects because uh, we talked about cyber and then cloud at a high level. Sure. Um, so we can start with cyber and uh, sort of, I I'm very interested in this idea of multi-factor authentication. Can you talk a little bit about uh, specific efforts that are sort of underway to, to implement multi-factor uh, within your agency? Right now, we use uh, the basic multi-factor uh, multi authentication that we use across NOAA is uh, our CAC cards, our common access card that we uh, share with, uh, in terms of the format and the authentication scheme with the Defense Department, with the U.S. Public Health Service, um, and with uh, Coast Guard. Um, uh, under Homeland Security Presidential Directive, HSPD-12, which goes way back, I think, to 2012. Um, maybe not. This may be a coincidence. It goes before 2012. Sorry about that. Uh, HSPD-12 says that the authentication chain for identifying yourself to a building or to a computer system starts with a card. Uh, CAT card is what DOD adopted. Um, pure civilian agencies uh, use PIV cards. Um, and so we use that which has a, a thing, something you can hold and the, p, the pin with it to authenticate to networks today. It's how we get access to the networks we use. But you may not be required to use a CAC to authenticate to the application that you're then accessing from that. So let's say it's a, it's a business application. Let's say I'm, I'm, I'm performing a financial transaction. Get into the overall financial system, I may be using a CAC card, but then to authenticate myself to the application, I may want to, especially under the new directive, use a different device. And so we're looking at things other than CAT cards, things that are intelligent tokens that know who I am, that can exchange certificates with a certificate server, that can be easily revoked, that can uh, have multiple kinds of privileges on it, 
Um, and and there are multiple manufacturers of these devices. So I'm not going to, you know, we're obviously doing some competitive analyses. But the idea is that you would use your CAC for the network and you'd use this other token, smart token, to go beyond the network. On the cloud front, uh, how is migration going? What are you prioritizing right now? And uh, can you ballpark sort of uh, how far along in that migration process in terms of what you actually want to migrate, you've migrated? Right. Let me start with the last question first because I don't have a good answer for it. Okay. And, and But we have an answer to getting me a better answer, but I don't have it today. So the answer to the better answer... <laughs> So the, the, the question was, how far have we gotten? And how, how does that compare to how far I'd like to go? Uh, I don't know the answer to that, but we have an initiative to create a cloud program management office, one of whose jobs will be to provide me and Noel leadership that answer. Uh, the, the people above me, the, the leaders alongside me in the line offices and the staff offices. Um, a, a while back when, so the, the Noah journey in the cloud you may already know this, maybe I've told you this, uh, not in this meeting, goes back to, uh, in a big way, goes back to 2011, when uh, as, as WCIO gave the order to flip the switch and turn on uh, Google Apps for Government. And we became the second federal agency to move our email collaboration and calendar functions to a public cloud. And uh, since then, uh, we've, we've implemented the cloud on websites. Uh, early on, we implemented the cloud for ticketing. Uh, we use ServiceNow as our current ticketing solution. Um, and that, I think, was the earliest ticketing solution to be in the cloud. So we use it for help desks. We use uh, a, a cloud-based service to manage mobile devices. All of these things go back eight, nine years, um, including some websites going in. And it became very clear that we needed to have uh, more discipline in going to the cloud. And, uh, and, and, and more efficiencies because people were duplicating each other by having to learn how to do a security evaluation of going to the cloud, learn how to authenticate to the cloud, figure out how to communicate and get my data to the cloud. Uh, and, uh, and they were using all, also different contract vehicles. And, uh, and then there's the whole architecture question about the cloud, is there, are there additional savings available? Uh, the cloud itself is generally, not always, but generally, a less costly way of getting uh, infrastructure uh, paid for or, or your applications paid for. It's generally a way of saving money. But it's not the only thing about the cloud that can save money. So we had these opportunities to work collectively. And I said, look, um, if you're ready to go to the cloud, shut down a data center, free up people's time to work on the mission, save money right now, I don't want to stop you. I'll work with you across NOAA. We'll make sure that you're doing the right things from a security perspective and, and, and you'll go. But, but my authority authorizing you to go is with the expectation that when we have centralized services to make it much easier to go to the cloud and lower your costs further and improve your time savings more, that you'll come back. So a lot of folks started going off. And in parallel, we, we, we started building services. And so now we have a standard way of getting to the cloud through Enway, from a telecommunications perspective. The, uh, we have a standard way of authenticating using Noah's ICAM service, which is also being uh, used by the Department of Commerce for its commerce-wide applications. 
uh, that's for uh, credential access management, identity credential access management. Um, we have contract vehicles in place. To get to uh, the large three cloud providers, Google, Amazon, Microsoft, as well as others, but primarily those three. So you don't have to do your own contracting action. We have that, we have in place enterprise-wide contracts across NOAA to use that. And uh, that will also uh, suffice for billing. And, um, and, and for cybersecurity, we have my cybersecurity division doing evaluate the cloud offering once used across NOAA. So we now have those four services up and running, which is, which is accelerating people's move to the cloud. But what we don't have is a cloud PMO to provide a single base to people who want to go to the cloud in NOAA. So um, it, 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 it's still the case that uh, you want to go to the cloud. You've got an application, you're ready to move, you're ready to get rid of that data center. You end up talking to one person on my team for cyber, another person on my team for authentication, third person to get to the contract. You, you see the dilemma, right? Yeah. So what I need is to make sure that NOAA customers who are other system owners who want to be in the cloud have the best customer experience possible because they'll move faster, they'll save the taxpayers even more money than just going to the cloud and allow us to see other opportunities. Going to the cloud is a once in a generation chance. Stop doing things that we don't need to do. They're just causing burnout because they're old and we can drop them. And you can evaluate that on the way to the cloud. To look for opportunities across line offices and across programs to achieve efficiencies in the cloud. And so we don't want to miss those. And I also want to be able to have the metrics allow us to know how well a job are we doing? How quickly is it taking from someone says, I want to go to the cloud till they're up and running? Uh, and how many times do they have to repeat things? So a cloud PMO would provide us that capability of measuring the customer experience, answering the question you asked me of how close are we to getting to where it's optimal. Uh, it would allow us to uh, make sure that, that people uh, take best advantage of some of the great deals we have. We have a program called NOAA Open Data Dissemination, which is in the FY23 budget proposal, um, that, uh, uh, whereby we have extremely inexpensive egress for public dissemination of NOAA data. We want to make pe sure people leverage that when they can. So all of those kinds of management informations and giving people a, a good user experience uh, would come from the cloud program management office, which we are in the process of standing up. And that also is in the FY23 president's budget. Uh, do you have a deadline for when that gets stood up? Um, by the end of 23, assuming all the funding that we, uh, that we need uh, is there, uh, we're already in the last quarter of 22, so that's not happening. But it's only by the end of fiscal year 23. And I meant to ask the same thing for, for when we were talking about you exploring MFA. Do you have any sort of deadline for when you settle on uh, a new sort of token? For, um, yeah, because we're not, right, we're exploring expansion of MFA. Um, I don't think we're going to be having that done this fiscal year either. Uh, I would hope this may be sporty, but uh, by the second quarter of fiscal year 23, we should have a pretty good idea of what token we're going to be selling on to do that beyond the network authentication. The Chief Information Officer at NOAA, Zach Goldstein, with FedScoop's Dave Nichapier. Uh Now, I want to shift focus to, uh, to uh, the idea of sort of weather forecasting. Obviously, that's a big part of what NOAA and NWS does. And, and so I'm interested uh, because you mentioned that 
uh, a, a big part, a big benefit of cloud is that it's going to actually free up people, these, these minds that do this forecasting to be able to do the job they're hired to do. And so I'm, I'm curious, what projects do you have underway that, that are improving forecasting? And, and I know we've had things like uh, two new supercomputers went online at NOAA right. that are that are supposed to to really grow the ability to to forecast. Uh, how much better has forecasting gotten this year alone? I, I'm I don't know the answer to uh, the improvements in forecasting. I know that uh, skill level is something that's tracked very closely by the Weather Service, and we can follow up with them later. Um, the the improvements in uh, supercomputing are real. Uh, in terms of capacity. And I think, I uh, have to check my notes, but I think by the end of this year, we will have uh, implemented a 30% increase. I can check this later. <laughs> I can't see my notes at the same time I was looking at you. Um, a 30% increase in capacity, uh, thanks to uh, recent uh, funding increases that we've gotten from the Congress. Um, we, we still have, however, and I don't know how to quantify this, but I know that we have science that, but for the want of additional capacity beyond the 30% that we're fielding by the end of this fiscal year, that could benefit from capacity to turn them into operational forecasting models. So um, we, in weather forecasting, and, and I say weather forecasting because that's really where the distinction between research and development and operations in the computing world is, is stark. Um, for example, I can do a climate, we can do climate projections routinely, operationally, right, from what we call the research and development computer. But the research and development computer is called that because for operations in a weather forecast, we have a very high availability requirement that we don't have on the research side. So that's why we talk about two types of supercomputers. But the backup operational computers used for research um, further down the value chain and from research to operations, and the research and development supercomputers from a weather perspective are used for operations if you're routinely issuing a climate projection. Definitional things aside. So um, you can contact the weather service to find out about the actual improvements that they're seeing in skill level because they know they track it. Uh, what our hope is that we can uh, get to a place where what I said about having science that would be in operations only if we had more research supercomputing to reduce it to operations is no longer true. That, that's our objective is to get enough capacity so that uh, it's balanced so that uh, we have enough capacity to do the research. And we think about, we imagine a funnel where you're experimenting with a lot of things. Some things fail to actually work out. They just can't be made into a, an, into a computer program. So they get rejected. And then you winnow it down to the things that you believe are worth operationalizing. And then you have to have enough compute at the bottom to run it operationally. And um, we're not there yet, but we're getting closer. Last question is, I'm curious how your office is assisting the new Office of Space Commerce, which I've covered a little bit. Yeah, okay. Sure. Um, so the Office of Space Commerce is, uh, has actually been around for a while, but uh, it's gotten a lot of attention because there's a... Uh, large budget increase proposed for in the president's FY23 budget. So uh, what we can do with them for them and what they can do for themselves from an IT perspective will also help. 
uh, is largely dependent upon how much money they get. The um, as a as a staff office, um, they would be emerging uh, from from uh, Nesdis, where they're being supported right now for an IT perspective. So their desktops, uh, their general purpose uh, IT is currently being provided by the satellite service. Odds are, if history repeats itself, they become a staff office for NOAA uh, when they're with a larger budget, and, and I'll be providing their their desktops. So the so the uh, commerce promotional activities, which are significant, policy activities which are significant. Uh, the IT support for that would be uh, provided by my office uh, and it would be moved to the cloud the way everything else is. Um, but the budget also provides for something that I will be advising them on and providing perimeter security on and providing oversight on, but probably not providing directly. And that's uh, the open database for space situational awareness. Um, what that's going to be in detail is going to be based on requirements analysis, which uh, is ongoing. Uh, what kinds of operations would be associated with it uh, in terms of what do satellite operators have to do with uh, to add on to that information to, to operate their satellites? Um, that's all based on a concept of operations, which, has, which is under development. And of course, there will also be uh, money based uh, in terms of the art of possible has to have funding with it. But one thing that I'm excited about, uh, I'm excited about the whole thing. But in particular, getting back to the earlier part of the conversation, this is going to be uh, this is cloud native. It's it's uh, it's going to start out in the cloud. So it's not a migration from on prem on a cloud. You're not going to have to spend a whole bunch of time buying hardware and configuring it, uh, worrying about making sure you've got the right capacity, and then maybe making a mistake there. Uh, so because the cloud is available and they know how to do it. We know how to do it. We, we're going to help off space commerce with this. Uh, they'll be able to get that capability in the hands of the world uh, faster. You can read more about NOAA's technology strategy and priorities in today's show notes at thedailyscooppodcast.com. The Daily Scoop Podcast is available on all the podcast platforms. If you don't want to miss a show, you can subscribe and get the show every weekday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your shows, and on any device you get your shows. And if you really like the Daily Scoop Podcast, leave us a five-star rating and a review. It'll help more people find the show. The Daily Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. James Mahoney and Carlin Fisher help me put the show together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. The Daily Scoop podcast is back tomorrow. Till then, I'm Francis Rose. Thanks for listening.